Welcome to the internet, live from the Marriott Library at the University of Utah in an undisclosed location in the Logan metropolitan area. This is the Redline Podcast. I'm your host, quote, Sprawl Enjoyer Dunstan, and these are my co-hosts. Kyle, quote, Missing Middle, unquote, Holland, Boo. and... Alex, quote, will disclose my location if asked, Fielder. Today we're talking about <laughs> the most unlikely transit story in recent memory, Brightline. Just how did a private passenger railroad come to the United States in the year of our Lord 2023? Find out after the news. Do, 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 do. Brightline is officially open. The first trains from Orlando to Miami rolled just four days ago, ushering in a whole new area of passenger rail in the United States. The new line has a top speed of 125 miles an hour and is expected to operate every hour for the near future. Next up on Brightline's agenda, high-speed rail connecting Vegas and Los Angeles with electric trains running up to 200 miles per hour. Now this is an agenda I can get behind. The real question is, is it gay? No. Only one month out of the year? I mean, it is gay. We're going to learn about how much Republicans hate high-speed rail in this episode. So. <laughs> hey, but it's funded by uh, private real estate investors. Still call, it's okay. still a Marxist agenda. Yeah, you have to be against popular things. Yeah, that's how you win elections. And good things. Yeah, you have to be against progress. Yeah. Uh, you said every hour? Are they doing every hour clock face? I assume so. Cool. There's no reason not to, really. i going to look up the schedule real yeah, quick. Yeah, you can look up Brightline's schedule. It is publicly available on the internet. What's funny is I don't think that they change service levels for Sundays and Saturdays. Based. Yeah, no, we're right. It's more or less clock face. Plus or minus about five minutes. And with, uh, I think, a bonus trip or two thrown in there. Cool. Exciting. This has been the news. Do, 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 do. Do. I feel like I'm hitting a symbol when I do that. <laughs> Yeah, the symbol. <laughs> You're my favorite symbol, Alex. I could be a beatboxer. You could try. It'd be funny. I could. So, today we're going to talk about the lovely history of high-speed rail and Brightline in Florida. Because, oh boy, is there a history. So, I think the most important question is, what is Florida? <sighs> Good question. Currently, currently it's a landmass. Yeah, God willing, it will not be a landmass soon. Yeah. There, you know, everyone always likes to focus on the negative aspects of climate change. I personally am a climate optimist, but not in the way that I think that will solve climate change. I'm just happy with several of the results, like, for example, Florida no longer existing. And Salt Lake <laughs> remaining habitable. Yes. Okay. This is one of the takes. Also, the Netherlands no longer existing. Because <laughs> then they can't be smug bastards about their damn bike lanes anymore. Well, they run out of money to spend on the on the dams and such. I mean, if the water rises 100 feet, I'm not sure what a dam's going to do. With enough money, you can build basically anything. You're going to build, like, the entire Hoover Dam along the entire Dutch coast? Yeah, and it will use all the concrete in the world. <laughs> Which will worsen climate change? Wait a second. <laughs> Self-sabotage? Yeah. Dutch Netherlands owning themselves with facts and logic. <laughs> uh, 
So, believe it or not, uh, planning for high-speed rail in Florida actually began as early as the 1960s, when Florida's highways were already becoming massively overburdened by its ongoing population boom. In the 60s? Uh-huh. Damn, they're, they're ahead of the curve. Well, <laughs> you got to remember that the Japanese were, like, starting to develop the Shinkansen at that time, right? Yeah. And everyone's suddenly panicking, like, oh, my gosh, America is becoming irrelevant. The Japanese economy is going to overtake us. and Something, something, the economy, something, uh, something. The same thing we're doing with China now, except different, right? Yeah. So. <laughs> I'm for nationalism if it gets us competing trains. space race style with trains. <laughs> Kyle nationalism era. Yeah. Which so far it hasn't, but, you know, maybe we'll get there eventually. Hey, we got the Metro Liners out of that, the Amtrak Metro Liners. Oh, cool. Do you know what that was? No. Okay, well, we'll have to do an episode on it someday. And, I mean, we're kind of doing that with California High Speed Rail because we're trying to beat everybody else on raw speed. Yeah, we are. Speed. I am speed. One winner, 42 losers. (laughs) I eat losers for breakfast. Anyway... I hope that's not copyrighted. That's not how copyright works. Whatever. So, in 2000, after a federal act in the 1990s allowed five corridors in Florida to come under consideration for high-speed rail funding, Florida's voters approved an amendment to the state's constitution requiring the state of Florida connect the state's largest population (laughs) centers with a network of high-speed trains. Since when did we do policy in the constitution? I don't know. (laughs) That is insane. That is one way to run a ballot measure, yeah. Like, imagine (laughs) if the Utah Constitution had a provision that's like, hey, the state of Utah is required by the Constitution of the state of Utah to run a 500-mile-an-hour high-speed maglev train to Logan by the year 2024. Have you ever seen those uh, diagrams of, like, the chain of nuclear command where, like, the president is at the top, and then off to the side there is person who installed the button with an arrow squiggling it up. It feels like the voters here are person who installed the button. <laughs> Fair. Um, so in response to this referendum, Florida's legislature created the Florida High-Speed Rail Authority, which quickly began laying out plans for how such a system could be built. The initial plan was to connect Lakeland and Tampa to Orlando by 2009 and then extend the system to Miami at a later date. Oh, yeah. I'm starting to remember this story. Uh-huh. It's a routing uh, for those of us who are familiar with Brightline's current route that may seem uh, suspiciously similar. It's uh, almost as if the corridors were meticulously planned well in advance. Yeah, I have this little map that I've put in the thing here, and it's just literally the it's Brightline. It's the Brightline map with <laughs> two lines instead of one. Uh-huh. Wow. So, so there you go. Isn't that fun? Uh, but then, Jeb! You know, like the memes <laughs> from 2016, whatever. It's just like, Jeb! Jeb. <laughs> Please clap. Yeah. Thanks, Jeb. Uh, the governor of the state, Jeb Bush, vetoed funding appropriated by the Florida legislature for the line. But hope wasn't lost because the FHSRA moved forward with selecting a build-maintain-run contractor using federal money. With federal money. This is billions upon billions of dollars of effectively free federal money. Yeah, it was like a billion federal dollars. Jeez. I thought it was several billion. That's the second time. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) So, crap ton of federal money. Why on earth would you veto free federal money for your state? Uh, Then disaster struck again. 
Jeb passed a ballot measure in 2004, only four years after the initial measure was passed, to remove the requirement that the state build a high-speed rail system from its constitution. Why <laughs> are you trying to dismantle the high-speed rail? Jeb. Republican moment. Jeb, Jeb moment. Jeb moment. Yeah, because we can't have nice things. Yeah, well, you see... Okay, no, I'm federal money. Alex, let's 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 cosplay. You be a normal person, and I will be Jeb Bush. Okay. Okay. All right. I'm gonna start out here. So, cars are great and represent freedom. Trains are bad and cultural Marxism slash <laughs> um, other fear mongering term. How do you feel about trains now, average Florida citizen? It would be cool to have a train. <laughs> Too bad, because I have just passed a ballot measure making it so you can't have a train. No. <laughs> after after vetoing funding. After vetoing Personally. funding. Personally. Personally. Jeb Bush was just really against this whole thing, apparently. Which why? It's quite clearly against the will of the voters. I don't quite understand why Republicans are so, like neurotically opposed to any form of train ever. Like, even when it would probably make money like this one would have. Despite being pro, like, economic development or whatever, and uh, pro-highway infrastructure, but not pro-other Trains are communism. One. Look it up, kids. You heard it here first. I saw it on... Yeah, I heard it on uh, Turning Point USA. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite source of reliable facts. The, the My favorite Koch brothers source of... told you that. <laughs> the, yeah, Personally. The, the Koch brothers <laughs> broke into my bedroom last night and whispered in my ear, trains are communism. <laughs> you joke, but I'm sure um, government officials like this one have stories like that. They might. We're going to have to do a little episode, like a mini episode, maybe a Patreon episode on just how damaging the Koch brothers have been to transit sometime because like they own the single organization that always kills transit projects like they killed the original uh, Austin rail project they killed Nashville's light rail plan they killed Cincinnati's light rail By plan what just hardcore high budget lobbying uh-huh and um like campaigning against the voter referenda bruh yep. why Coke what brothers. is what is their interest in campaigning? Do you know who the Koch brothers are? Oil they're, or something? They're, they're the epitome of evil. Yeah. <laughs> the, well, and now it's just Koch brother because one of them is dead. Oh. But. <laughs> Halfway there. Alex was celebrating there. I just wanted the like. <laughs> just wanted the the listeners to know that. But yeah, no, they they're they're big oil billionaires, so they always advocate against transit because it actually does have an effect on oil sales, if you believe it. Interesting. <laughs> so, so the FHSRA that is really a mouthful. It's much more of a mouthful than CH CHSR. At least that one rolls or CHSRA. C A H S R. No, there's no C A in there. It's just C. No, it's C A. Is it? Yeah. C A H S R A. No, C A H S R. No, it's the California High Speed Rail Authority. Usually, people just refer to the project. Okay, fair enough. 
Um, but the FHSRA was largely defunct for five years until Obama's Congress passed the American Rescue Plan in the wake of the 2008 stock crash and bank crisis. That bill contained $8 billion for new high-speed intercity transportation, and Florida's corridor was eligible for funding. Again! Um, and due to a series of other states' governors, notably Wisconsin and Indiana, uh, rejecting the funding and the fact that much of the line had already been planned. Stop rejecting federal funding, governors. The Wisconsin one is actually very famous, I believe. Why did they reject their federal funding? Trains are communism. F- and free. And Obama is the Antichrist and was born in Nigeria. <laughs> 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 Look, I had, like, some hardcore, you know, Republican parents during the Obama era. I can tell you all sorts of interesting things that you probably don't know about Obama. (laughs) Nobody knows about Obama. Do you know that he drinks children's blood? Based. And that his wife is a transgender. (laughs) 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 Oi, Gavalt. Um... (laughs) But yeah, they got all this money because Wisconsin and Indiana are stupid, right? And so, you know, the FHSRA is like thrilled and they're like, all right, we're going to restart the plan. They start looking for contractors again. They start doing more planning and studies. And like they even had the Florida Department of Transportation put in like improved median barriers in the places (laughs) where they were planning to put the tracks. Like they were getting the ball rolling. And then Florida Governor Rick Scott rejected the funding. Why? Republicans. Do you really think it's in the interest of the people who voted for you to reject free federal money? Yes. (laughs) And you know, this, this is so funny because no one except California ended up with any of this money. So, like, most of the federal money that CHSR has had to this day are just... Stuff other states have actively Stuff other rejected. states have actively rejected. Go California yeah. on not being entirely stupid. See, the thing yeah. is, I could see other states being like, ah, oh, why is our tax money going to California for trains? After rejecting because it Because you didn't want it. <laughs> <laughs> right there. My brother in Christ, you rejected the funding. Finders, keepers, <laughs> losers, weepers, or whatever. Yes. Yeah. So this effectively forever ended the dream of publicly owned high-speed rail in Florida. Uh, but thankfully, we had benevolent corporate overlords to do it for us. So, hooray. Woohoo. Wahoo. So, after the death of the Florida High-Speed Rail Corridor as a public enterprise, hungry investors began looking at the Miami-Orlando section of the route with interest. The line was one of the strongest potential rail corridors in the country. It would connect the country's ninth-largest metro to one of our great tourist cities on the other end. Plus, a decent line could be faster than driving. There was real potential here. Woohoo. Yippee! So, Florida East Coast Industries, which is the owner of the Florida East Coast Railroad that Brightline runs for a good amount of its distance along, um, created a subsidiary called All Aboard Florida, which began working on an environmental review soon after the HF- FHSRA folded 
and began construction on their starter line between West Palm Beach and Miami in 2015. And this is the birth of Brightline. Viola. Yeah. Um, they financed their lines both to West Palm Beach and the later extension to Miami with a series of large tax-exempt bonds to the tune of about $1.75 billion. Oh, this, this is an interesting topic to hit on because as much as we, har as much as we congratulate uh, Brightline on completing these uh, privately funded, owned, and operated projects, they wouldn't be possible without loads of government support in acquiring and leasing the right-of-way and providing large bonds, and even, with Brightline West soon, large grants. Yeah, well, I mean, that's how you historically do this sort of thing. Like, the reason that American railroads were built in the first place is because the federal government provided enormous incentives to build railroads across the whole country. Namely, absolutely huge amounts of land that the American government had, had decided that they owned. Well, and then enforce that decision via killing every Native American possible. <laughs> and then handing out the land that they had decided to lay claim on to the railroads. But, yeah, so, like they would get like, oh, go ahead, Alex. It's the same thing with the telephone companies and the electrical companies, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. And, you know, they would give these companies just 10 miles on either side of the track that they built. They would own all the land. <laughs> and so they could make a butt ton of money off of real estate development to incentivize building the railroads, which is surprisingly somewhat similar to what Brightline is doing. I if know, you look right? at any of their stations, there are four billion story high rises next to every single one of them. Based. So I'm by no means saying that this latest iteration of this model is is bad, but it's a good thing for the public to be aware of the amount of uh, government support and funds that have gone into projects like these. Very true. Especially as we consider future projects. Yeah. And so the project was given its official name later that year. It was to be called Brightline, which is very much like a corporate speak sort of name in my it opinion. It's better than all aboard Florida. Or... Um, or fart. <laughs> now, here's a fun fact for you that will be in the upcoming Metro or Washington Metro series soon. The Washington Metro was almost called uh, Federal Area Rapid Transit instead of WMATA, <laughs> which stands for fart. Um, so Brightline was to be a conventional 79-mile-per-hour diesel railroad using four-car Siemens trains with a locomotive on either end. Because get this, it's cheap. It is very cheap, yeah. Uh, it was really more of a commuter line than anything else in its first line. That makes sense. The first line was short. Relatively speaking. And, you know, diesel technical limitations. Or something. Or something. So... After three years of work and several legal battles with some of the more nimbyish counties along the way, Brightline inaugurated hourly passenger service between West Palm Beach in early and Miami in early 2018 and uh, Fort Lauderdale in Miami later that year. Unfortunately, not Fort Lauderdale, Texas. <laughs> no, not Fort Lauderdale, Texas. This Inshallah, is someday. <laughs> Brightline to Texas? If it yeah. happened in Florida, it could okay. happen in Texas. This is true. Uh, they are working on it in Texas. Yeah, Texas Central is building a high-speed rail line between Dallas you, you and mean Houston. A, you so, mean a high-speed communist line? 
I had to, <laughs> yes, to transport the communists in Dallas and Houston, which are both evil <laughs> lib cities, to each other. CRT, Communist <laughs> Rapid Transit. Correct. Also known as critical <laughs> race theory. I think we've just invented the, like, the mother of all conservative conspiracy theories, and we probably shouldn't release this episode to the public. <laughs> Hey, it's a pretty good coping strategy <laughs> for uh, somewhat boneheaded uh, leadership that rejects uh, large funding opportunities. <laughs> that is good. Oh my gosh, communist <laughs> rapid transit. Uh. I can see, I can totally see that, like, because they're going to build an extension of the Portland Yellow Line pretty soon to Vancouver when they replace the bridge. I can totally see, like, Vancouver NIMBYs just, like, sticking, like, Stop CRT, Communist Rapid Transit, from destroying our town. All those Portland communists uh, putting the <laughs> cart before the horse with their social programs, also known as literal communism, as written in Marx in his book. Yeah, I read the Communist Manifesto, and on the first page it's just like, build a train to Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. And on the second page is legalized large-scale manufacture and distribution of crystal meth. Correct. So, <laughs> work was to begin on the line to Orlando's International Airport in 2019, but not until they took an extremely weird detour. Virgin Trains USA? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Filled yeah. with real virgin communists. <laughs> no. Uh, so, you guys know who Richard yeah, Branson he's the space is? guy, isn't he? Yeah, he owns Virgin Space and Virgin Airlines and previously Virgin Trains in the UK until those went under. He, he just has this weird brand of Virgin and tries to slap it on everything. It's cool that he has a brand for all his weird ventures, but of all the things you could call your thing, why this? Because it's Virgin. So... Um, yeah, Brightline decided to take up a branding deal with Virgin, uh, which is the pet company of weirdo billionaire Richard Branson. Uh, they were meant to get investor capital out of the deal, but then didn't because Richard Branson did not follow up on his promise. Uh, so they rebranded back to Brightline after two years in 2020. Uh, then Virgin brought a lawsuit against Brightline for $251 million for breach of contract, and I believe the case is still pending. That's lovely. I'm not going to cause any problems for our, our current favorite our private hero. train company. Yeah, our, the protagonist of this episode. <laughs> the story. protagonist of this episode, Brightline. Which needs to spend lawyer dollars on some lawsuit about naming. It's not even about right-of-way or noise or having to look at trains. It's about the damn name. Yeah, it needs to be called Virgin Trains. <laughs> USA. I'm not a fan of <laughs> either name, Alex but would... I, I do prefer Brightline. No, you don't like I, I think it's, it's just kind right. of boring. I don't know. I respect that they've got like a distinct, albeit simple brand, like with the bright yellow <laughs> and the name Brightline, and like the weird little L, bright line. Yeah, like in the space of passenger trains in the U.S., you don't really need to distinguish yourself that much because <laughs> there's only one brand to compete with. 
Yeah, so <laughs> as long as you can tell it apart from Amtrak and not imme- immediately forget what it's called, they're well, pretty good. all you have to do to tell it apart from Amtrak is just not make everything out of stainless steel. I, I d- yeah, <laughs> or get it to average more than 30 miles an I hour. I do love the stainless steel look, though. But I guess Brightline, as a name, makes sense oh. for the Sunshine State. Mm. Yeah. I I also like the stainless steel. I guess I'm controversial in that, and I think it looks good and intimidating. Well, and you see, Brightline can afford paint, and they want to show that off. So can Amtrak. Well, now they can. I know. I <laughs> they couldn't afford paint back in the days of the yeah. original oh, stainless steel. Oh, that's fair. The, the yeah. rainbow stainless plate, just yeah. looks yeah. timeless. I don't know. I'm I'm a fan. Yeah, it looks yeah it looks space age. Bring back stainless with trains but don't three break. times the average speed and don't break. Yeah, we should just build, like, like we should have the fastest train in the world on the northeast corridor. It goes, like, 250 miles an hour, right? But it's just stainless steel on the outside, corrugated stainless steel. <laughs> and it looks like every 60s train ever manufactured. Yeah, just just for funsies, just to so, show that we can as a country. Just to own the libs or whatever. Yeah. Or communist, sorry. I forgot who the antagonist of this story was. Yeah, we're talking about communist rapid <laughs> transit here. <laughs> so, uh, construction began on the 170-mile brand-new line to Orlando in 2019. This new line will be faster than the old line, with trains running 90 to 125 miles per hour. The fastest in the southeast by a relatively <laughs> large margin. And also notice- noticeably uh, beats the highway completely all the time. Uh, yes, and flying most of the time. Yeah, which is good. So they picked a speed that was uh, fast enough. And but not too fast. Didn't waste any money making it faster. Yeah, well, they maybe should have made their original alignment faster. Yeah, probably. But there are too many grade crossings, So which we'll talk about later. Yeah, doesn't this new line have, like, almost complete grade separation? Yeah, but that's because it runs in the middle of a freeway. Well, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, service was interrupted by COVID-19 from 2020 to late 2021, November 8th to be exact, but construction on the Orlando line as well as the infill Boca Raton and Aventura stations continued throughout the pandemic. Cool. Uh, the line to Oral, uh, Orlando opened just a few days ago on September sec- or 22nd, 2023. It provides 16 daily round trips on a 240-mile 3.5 hour line. That is a quite tidy average speed. Uh, it's an average speed about 69 miles an hour. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah, well, for context, uh, the SL average is about 80. Well, depends on the route segment and the schedule you bought. No, like Boston to DC average oh. is about yeah, 80, I think. That's a seller. Let's find out. So I do think it's quite funny that um, Brightline is averaging almost to sell speeds. Well, you see, it's built in the middle of nowhere, Florida, instead of in, like, the most populated part of the country. (laughs) Okay, or they could have just not been cowards and built more tunnels. Yeah, it costs money. And mostly the Boston segment's the problem, to be real. Yeah. You can just look up average Acela speed, Kyle. No, I could do that. I'm doing it now. 440 miles. The average speed over the entire route is 70.3 miles per hour. Yeah, there you go. According so, uh, to about the same. Amtrak. <laughs> so about the same as Acela, which is quite yep. good. It, yep. 
Now, it's not about the same as the cell between D.C. and Washington. Or, excuse me, <laughs> between, D- <laughs> between D.C. and New York. That's quite a fast section, but the Boston segment really slows down the whole thing. So, Well, rails exist in Boston. Challenge <laughs> like impossible. 70 miles an hour. I know I would rather spend three and a half hours on a train having free time to do whatever than in a car. And also actually going 70 miles an hour instead of yeah, theoretically going th- 70 miles an hour and not yeah, being and no traffic. You can focus on other stuff. Yeah, the thing about... F- the thing about Florida is that it just has abysmal traffic even in the middle of nowhere. So... Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Um... So let's let's discuss some problems with uh, Brightline. Number one being that there are way too many grade crossings. As anybody will have seen in the news. And in some insanely dangerous locations as well, uh, like across like freeway on ramps, there are some Brightline <laughs> grade crossings. <laughs> like some like ten lane super arterial roads, there are grade crossings. Sometimes it runs in the middle of the street like a light rail. It's a little interesting. God's oldest and crappiest right of way. Yeah. And they really were on a budget building that first line, weren't they? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I wasn't able to find an exact number, but it seems as though we're probably in excess of 200 grade crossings on a 240-mile line. Uh, <laughs> we were comparing to Acela speeds earlier, and that's essentially completely grade separated. And no quiet zones either. On bright line? Yeah. So it just like That's every two seconds, it's like, uh, uh, oh, kill the car. Uh, uh, oh, kill the pedestrian. Uh, uh, oh, that was the last manatee. Um, Regional reference. Yeah, and and you, you think that I'm exaggerating here, but more than 88 people have died in collisions with Brightline trains since the line began service only five years ago. And that's not even accounting for injuries and property damage. No, 88 people have just straight up been killed by Brightline. That's CRT <sighs> for you. And as is well known... <laughs> scoreboard! <laughs> and as is well known, we can't fix driver and pedestrian lo- behavior at, like, the train construction level, but what we can do is get rid of the goddamn grade crossings. Yeah, that would be obscenely expensive, though. Yeah. So you'd have to elevate, like, all 120 miles of track. Anyway, uh, other problems. Alan Fisher says the seats suck, so there's one. I don't know. We haven't ridden it yet. We can't comment. Yeah, I can't comment on that, but that's what Alan Fisher says. Uh, Next one, not electrified. Why... No one knows. Yeah, this is totally the sort of thing that it's relatively cost-effective to electrify. Like, for the original line, they're running in a bunch of weird places and not quite so much in just corridor as with the new line, and they also had no money. Now they have money, and they have corridor, so electrification works out pretty well on paper. Uh... Another problem, there are some bad bridges on the original line that people are afraid may wash away if there's a hurricane. <laughs> so, <laughs> Florida things. Um, Florida things. Yeah. And then it also has some freight delays still because the Florida East Coast Railway, which is its parent company, shares some sta- track with Brightline. And the Orlando station is at the airport. Rather oh, absolutely. Than, like, it sucks ass. It's in the airport. 
What's wrong with that? Um, it should be central to other things. There is no central anything. It's Orlando. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, when it goes to Disney, it'll be better. But anyway, those are the problems. I, I don't quite understand the freight delays if they have the same parent company, but... It's America. Every every train is required to have a freight delay at least once a day. Otherwise, you get shot. Yeah. By the unions or something. Or I don't canceled know. or something. I don't yeah. Know. Whatever the cool kids are doing. Yeah. Uh, so, but there are some very good things about Brightline as well. First of all, as we discussed, it's quite fast. It's about the same speed as a cello, which is very funny. True fact. Um, Despite being diesel. <laughs> Yeah, and... Having a lower top speed. <laughs> yeah, well, significantly lower top speed, like yeah. 35 miles an hour lower, so... The main thing it has going for it is a lack of stops and being in the middle of nowhere, comma, Florida, instead of in a legacy rail corridor in Very the true. dense populated areas. Um, stations have also been a massive catalyst for transit-oriented development. True fact. Nearly Since every Brightline station is already surrounded by massive condo high-rises. Since Brightline is owned by a real estate investment group. And is using it the old-fashioned way that railroads make money, which is real estate. Yeah, this seems like a really good idea because it motivates um, dense development way better than the government asking nicely has ever done. Yeah, mm-hmm. good for them. Um, yeah. It also shows the potential of higher speed rail to the rest of the country who are now going to go and gawk at it for a couple of years and that's, try and get the same thing in their state. That's very true. Especially since it's mostly privately run. Although I will note that Illinois and Michigan were doing this before it was cool, so... Yeah. There you go. Well, they got... Uh, the line between St. Louis and Chicago is 110 miles an hour. Oh, line. yeah, that's cool. And most of the line between Detroit and Chicago. Yeah, I think the main thing to show off from Brightline is, A, the private thing, and B, it's a new build line in a place that traditionally has basically no transit. Well, and it's a lot more frequent than anything else. Like, it is now the second most frequent intercity train service in the United States after the Northeast Regional, but <laughs> not the Acela. Acela runs less trains per day well, than Brightline. Well, because is so bloody expensive. Who They don't pull that high of passenger volume. No, it's not even that. Like, every no. single Acela train that has ever been run is full. They don't have enough rolling stock to run oh, more trains. that would do it. Classic Amtrak move. <laughs> So only the Northeast Regional is more frequent than than yeah. Brightline. I assume Brightline doesn't have to buy America. Private company. Yeah, where, where are they buying their trains? Siemens. Manufactured in America. Yeah. So buy America worked, in other words. Well, yes, actually. It, it made... finally yielded some it fruit. It finally yielded... Uh, at-scale, cost-effective domestic manufacturing of the things of targeted. Equipment, yeah. Congrats. There's it's, no cafe car, though. Yeah, that's kind of lame. That is v- extremely lame. That is, like, the best part of any Amtrak ride by far is cafe the cafe car, car and yeah. the lounge car. Yeah. Nobody wants to sit in their actual seat for three hours. You want to go no. sit in, like, the little lounge thing and eat, like, I would much rather sit at the table. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> Amtrak yeah, maybe for the West route. Yeah. Maybe. Although that's not going to be a very long route, like, in terms of time. Because they're going way faster, and it's shorter. Like, it'll be, like, probably the time equivalent of riding Frontrunner from Ogden to Provo. Really? 
if not less. No, probably about the same. I, yeah. I guess I just can't comprehend fast speeds. Not to mention you also have to get from actual LA to the line. No, the line's going to go into Union Station. Oh, I thought they were just going to stop at a Metrolink station. I heard Union Station. Cool. Well, that's good. So anyway. On shitty Metrolink track, but that's way better well, than no through running. Look, I mean, California High Speed Rail is going to spend the last two hours of its time <laughs> on, on shitty Caltrain <laughs> track, so it's, you know, not as though. Oh, no. Well, also on shitty Metrolink track, which will take even longer per oh, unit yeah. distance. I mean, you got to be honest. Shitty Caltrain track is still pretty good. Yeah, they're making huge improvements to the Caltrain track. Well, and it's always been pretty good, if yeah. you remember correctly. The whole thing is separated. And then they're like, hey, FRA, how fast can we run through grade crossing? FRA, 125. All right, let's do 125, electrified. <laughs> and hope nobody brings, like, a, a balloon near the overhead lines. Um, yeah. And then, finally, it's transit service in a region of the country that, as a whole, doesn't have super great transit. Yeah. Yeah. That is putting it politely <laughs> as well. So... <laughs> And uh, hopefully, inshallah, this will uh, lead to the development of the local transit systems in places Brightline serves. Orlando, cough, cough, because Miami's pretty good, but Orlando, cough, 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 cough. Cough, cough. Like, auto train. The fact that the auto train ever succeeded as a concept shows how bad Orlando transit <laughs> sucks. This is true. I hadn't thought about that, but it is quite an indictment of Orlando Transit <laughs> that Auto Train exists. Yeah. So, uh, the future. Uh, Brightline wants to expand to Tampa, which is further west, with either a Disney or a Universal Orlando station. Yeah. Hopefully just an I-401 with local transit options to both resorts. But we'll see. We'll see. And then Brightline West, the 200-mile-an-hour Vegas to L.A. line, probably that may open as soon as 2027. Ambitious, certainly. Uh, uh, have they finished their, like, uh, grant thing? Has that gotten approved? No. Last I checked, that was the only blocker. Yeah, so it probably is happening by 2027, which is kind of wild. I hope this grant goes through, because if it doesn't, we're back another 10 years. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully the Thumbs grant up. comes through, and then... Do you think they would be able to do an EIS within, like, a year? I don't know, because it is kind of, a, it is meant to be running mo mo most, ugh, mostly in the median of I-15, which is yeah, basically already low environmentally EIS. impact. Yeah, so I, I couldn't tell you. I'm not an expert on EISs, but it's possible. And I believe they're adding some, like, wildlife crossings and such. Oh, great. Which, I don't know, people, like, get some EIS points, <laughs> if you will. Good. So, yeah. I would also like to mention that CH California High Speed Rail should not be compared to this project in any way or to Brightline West. It is of a wholly different caliber than either of these projects by a long shot. And I would like to just remind everyone of that fact. Yeah, both bright lines are essentially conventional railroads. Whereas California High Speed Rail will be the fastest train in the world. And will also be running in an almost entirely new build alignment. Because there is no good alignment for it, so. With some absolutely insane grade separations. Yeah, so. Just just don't don't fall into the trap of letting people try and be like, 
Oh, Brentline built the two other buildings you just trains, blah, blah, blah. But California high-speed rail is stupid and bad. For starters, California will have two bloody tracks. Yes, <laughs> that is true. And electric wires. And electric wires. And, well, and great as we mentioned, be the fastest train on the face of the planet. Yep. So don't compare the two and support California high-speed rail at Gavin Newsom. Uh, anybody else have any comments they'd like to make? Ooh, I wonder if California High Speed Rail will set any land speed records during testing. That is entirely possible. Because during the building of the TGV, uh, the TGV, thank you. The French set a a number of rail land speed records. I think you probably could on California High Speed Rail just because parts of it are just so ramrod straight with no grades. Yeah. Like through the Central Valley, it's just like. 200 miles of God's fastest, flattest <laughs> track. Yeah, but the problem is in the Central Valley, they've designed in a bunch of curves that they can take at speed, but probably not more than speed. Some segments of the TGV were deliberately built for the purpose of R&D, so they made them excessively dead straight and flat with, like, excessively good everything so they could literally go test the next generation of rail technology. That is so based. That is the most based thing (laughs) I've ever heard in my life. This is the sort of stuff you can do when you build rail on the regular and have like ongoing funding for it. Very true. Any closing comments by anyone else? Um, I'm just, I'm just impressed by Brightline, to be honest. I think the fact it's a private company is a big deal for a lot of states and makes me hopeful that maybe Utah could maybe have something like this one day. Maybe one day. Probably after I'll die from climate change. Yeah, probably. He's he's impressed and it's cool that it's private. Maybe Utah will have something like this someday. That'd be cool. I don't know where it would go because we don't have two large metro areas. It would but... connect to Vegas and, and Boise. <laughs> Via St. George and also Boise. It would basically that would be, be so expensive. It would basically be the desert wind glued into the uh, what's the other one? Pioneer. Pioneer. Yeah. Well, I think Amtrak may be planning to operate those two as a continuous route, so we'll see. Cool. But anyway, uh, please remember to like, comment, and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, and to follow and leave us a rating on iTunes and Spotify. If you like what we do here, you can become a member on Patreon. Patrons receive early access to our regular content, exclusive content, and occasional merch drops. Speaking of patrons... Ow. Oh, sorry. We have at Super Duper Double Tracked Electrified to Vegas to Los Angeles at Union Station Frontrunner tier. We have Zach Adams and all of those things minus one thing, generic GT. All of those things minus the dining car. Yeah. <laughs> At regular frontrunner tier, $10 a month, we have Curtis Herring, Devin Zander, McKay Ransom, Mike Christensen, Phobos2390. And at our $5 a month redline tier, we have Brian Smith, Christopher Whaley, DJ Highwell Watkins, Elijah Hensler, Jacob Whitecotton, Jesse Mayo, Reluctant LA Resident, and Robert P. Walsh. At our blue line tier, $3, we have Alex Tykowski, Ben Busath, Bradley Bondi, Ethan McDonald, Evelyn, G4, Gonza12, John Heron Gorman, Martin Hecker Martinez, Matt Gray, Seth, and Zach Verstott. Thank you all. Yeah, and at our super duper uh, already double tracked and electrified green line tier, we hey. have Benjamin Wood and Kapil. Hmm? 
7% grades just for just for fun. So true. <laughs> I love light rail. Alright, goodbye. Yeah, thank you. Goodbye.